Ooh, yeah. Drip me in oil and throw me in a sandwich. That's a new one. This is Ed Adams coming in with the Musings of Men podcast. I'm all alone once again because, once again, I'm the only guy with time management skills on the team and discipline. So there's that. But in the case of there only being me, I will once again probably rant about health or some other subject that I find interesting. And, you know, honestly, like, I don't mind it. I'm a, you know, I, I'm, I can do it alone. I don't need nobody. And a lot's happened over the past week. Um, finished up finals. I'm home, as you can see, if you're watching on YouTube. Scope it out if you're not. That's the place to go. So I've been told. Um, I got my car back. Stoked on that. Took two months, but, you know, better late than never, I guess. Right. And it made it up here. And it didn't break. And everything's fine. I, I can't. You couldn't even tell it was in a crash. So we're stoked on that. Um, besides that. You know, and I'm working a bit, doing some things, you know, fixing to close out the year. Almost been a year of this podcast, which is pretty cool. If you ask me, pretty cool. Um, yeah, where do I begin? So finals, right? End of my first semester of college. You only have one first semester of college. You know, how you do on it kind of dictates the rest of well, it doesn't dictate the rest of your college career, but it kind of sets the tone a little bit on, you know, maybe the things you didn't do so good on, the things you did good on, what you need to improve on, you know, and all those things. And I can I can go into detail, you know, maybe it'll be helpful. It probably won't be, but I'll probably rant about that. Oh, and by the way, if you're watching on YouTube, it's a special treat this week. I've got this old antique, looks like a rum bottle of some sort. I got it from my grandparents' house in Wilmington. They had a ton of stuff from like an old liquor store. It's been sitting on my shelf and I don't want to go downstairs to get my water bottle. So I'm going to use this. It was a little, little, little dusty, you know, but cleaned it up good. So I hear feeling like a pirate, dude. Pretty stoked on that. Oh, also went surfing the other day. Gnarly, dude. Some great surf. I'll just start there because, you know, why not? So, nah, I'd rather go in sequential order because that's what makes the most sense. Um, So, finished up finals on a Wednesday, I believe. And the test did not go. uh, They they weren't as hard as I thought they'd be. um, And I did a lot better on them than I thought I would have. So, that's good. In math, you know, not a big math guy. I got what I needed. And that's what's important, you know, nothing more, nothing less. Um, so at the end of the day, C's get degrees and that's what's important. So don't let nobody tell you otherwise, because I mean, at least for your major classes, at least in my school, you have to get a C or above. So we're fine on that. But um, yeah, it didn't go by too bad. Schedule is real easy. Um, I walked into one of my classes uh, the previous week thinking that it was just going to be a normal class, but no, I was wrong. 
we had our final that day and I had not, I was unaware of this. I didn't know, which, you know, that's my bad for not knowing. I take responsibility of that. That's clearly my fault, but I thought that it was, I don't know what I thought it was going to be, but I certainly thought it was going to be next week. The final for that class is for lab. I was wrong and I still pass. So we're chilling, you know, memory retention or something like that. I don't know, dude. Um, it's dank either way. I passed, you know, so we're chilling. But after that, I laid in bed for a whole day and watched Miami Vice for the entire day. The weather was kind of, yeah. So what am I going to do, right? Friday rolls around and, well, it's, you know, 75 and sunny. So what am I going to do but go out and tan by the ball field? It's pretty. It, it's a pretty interesting process. I have to be like, all right, I'm going to go find a place on campus to tan, which, you know, I don't know what it is, but I love sitting in the sun. And I do it more for the feeling of sitting in the sun than the end result, um, which is a gnarly bronze. But I, I think I've resolved that I would rather, you know, instead of seeking out the bronze, I'd rather the bronze be the byproduct of the good time. And I do consider sitting in the sun, chilling out after a semester of college is a good time. So the bronze, again, was a byproduct of that. And, you know, vitamin D is essential. So how are you going to soak it up? So I sat in the sun for like three hours. It was gnarly. Um, and I went to the ball field. I mean, this enormous baseball field, like with the biggest one iconic. In fact, you know, went there. A few people looked at me. I didn't care. You know, I'm just doing me, just doing my own thing. If they got a problem with it. Come talk to me. I'm around. I can talk. Just come up to me and be like, yo, what you doing? Homeboy. I'd be like, you know what? I'm just chilling. All right, relax, relax. Come join me, in fact. If you ever see me out bronzing, you know, wherever I may be, um, join me. You know, it's good to bronze in company. It's a pretty cool thing that you can do. It's a new social activity, I think, that I just created. You know, pick a day, go out on a public bench start tanning if somebody if you if you see that somebody on a bench tanning go up to them say dude what up let's bronze then you get your bronze on it's good just chilling you know not a bad not a bad thing so then uh friday afternoon rolls around and i get a call from the body shop my car's been sitting out for two months you know and they say we're done and i'm like great because that's my only way out of here. Like I'm not leaving South Carolina without my car. And, you know, I went over there and, you know, I picked it up and I've never been more stoked in my life. I feel I the freedom, dude, the freedom. I had really forgotten how inconvenient it was that I didn't have a car. I've forgotten that. I've forgotten the level of convenience that I had attained you know, from having a car to not having it pretty gnarly level of just, you know, it's a hassle to get anywhere. And so oftentimes you just don't bother. So you just don't go anywhere, which is a bummer because then when you want to go somewhere, you can't, 
and it's a major hassle. Then you got to know people have cars, and it's like that. Just have your own, and uh, much better, much better. So I drove that thing. First place I went was the beach, um, and I sat there for a good hour and just chilled and drove all around. Drove my friends all everywhere. The next day, I got up, took people to the airport. They were leaving. Um, and then I had one of the best days I've had in a while. I went and I surfed some gnarly swell on an 80 degree day in December. It was 80 and sunny in South Carolina on December 11th, 2021. Remember that. It's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome time. We get out there. And conditions are perfect. We're talking four to five foot clean slabs, just slabs. I'm there with my dog, Vinny, and his girl, Maya. Shout out to them. They're legends. And we went out there, and I got some amazing rides. I probably rode about a dozen really good waves. And I got to tell you, the feeling was incredible. It was like instant just relax and just instant stoke from everything. And that's one of the things that it's such a unique feeling when you're surfing. You don't get that feeling from anything else on the earth. And the, the only way to feel that way is if you catch an awesome wave and you're riding it all the way in because you're out there just you and your board, you know. You know, let me describe to you the activity of surfing because this is something that a lot of people want to know, and they, they see it as this kind of exotic thing that, you know, they, they have only heard about, you know, through whatever, and they may know some surfers, but they've never done it themselves. And it, it mystifies people, the, the art of surfing, it mystifies people, and people want to connect with it, but they don't quite know how. Um, and that's why they're kind of attracted to it in a way. So if you're, if you're a surfer, you know, you might get a lot of people, Oh, teach me how to surf. You know, I want to know, they want to know, they want to know what it's like. They want to feel the stoke. And I remember the first like two months of college, basically this semester, I was taking people to the beach, like every single weekend and just teaching them how to surf. Like almost every weekend, it was awful with all surfing all the time. And although many did not return, <laughs> which, you know, what does that say about me? Right. Um, or maybe it was them. Who knows? But or maybe I was just trying to get a date. Who knows? Right. Um, but of those people, a few did return, you know, were and the. They couldn't quite describe the feeling, but they knew. They knew right away when they tried it. They were like, yeah, I get it now. Like, I get it. And that's the biggest thing for me when somebody gets it. It's so awesome. It's a great feeling. So, I mean, when you're, when you're going out, so the, first, so the first step, you know, is loading up. The, the anticipation of the stoke that's about to come is incredible. You're putting your board on your car and you're strapping it up and you're thinking, dude, I'm about to go connect with Mother Nature in the most gnarly way possible. And it's going to be great. You know, it's going to be awesome. Um, and it always is. It's okay. 
I'll describe for you a couple different conditions. So when you first arrive to the beach, you know, you're, you're really stoked. And you go and you check the waves. That's a huge moment. That dictates kind of, you know, what your sesh is going to look like. And you go out there and you see. It's either nine foot and heavy and gnarly, or it's three to five and glassy, or it's like two foot and super clean. And there's a lot of different emotions that go along with each of those. On a glassy, like two foot day, you know, you'll go out there and you'll think to yourself, all right, this is going to be, this is more of a meditation, you know, more of a soul searching, you know, kind of deal. I myself am more of a soul surfer, you know, I, I go out there and I just, I surf and I just, you know, reflect and it's like a meditation when it's, when it's two foot and glassy, that's when you, that's when you know, like, right, I'm gonna, you know, there won't be a lot of shredding, but there will be a lot of, you know, introspective thought. Um, could not think of a word that rhymed with shredding because there is none besides betting, which would not make any sense. So you're out there on a two foot day, you, you, you put your board in the water and you just launch out. It's a sunny day, beautiful day, 80, 85, you know, summertime heat type deal. And, you know, you're sitting out there and you can see the waves coming. You can see the swell, you know, you can see the swell and the, the water is just perfect glass, perfect glass, but you can see the swell coming. And it's a consistent swell. Say every four seconds, a wave hits the beach. That's why they call it two foot at four seconds. Trips people up sometimes, but it's awesome. So what happens is you're looking out at that super, super glassy water. And you just, you see these beautiful, beautiful waves. Just and it's perfect, perfect swell. Not a flaw in each of these waves, and it just goes back for like forever. You can see it going back into the ocean for miles. You're looking out onto the blue, the, the wild blue yonder, and you can see the horizon. And all the way out, you can see, you know, just the waves going up and down and up and down. And they're all coming towards shore, and it's perfect condition. It's perfect, perfect. And then you're like, I choose you. You look out and you see a wave and you're like, I choose you, you know, I choose you. It's a special wave. You look at it. You're like, you're a little bit bigger. You're a little bit more special than the rest. And so you turn around your board, you face shore and, you know, you, you lay down on the board and position yourself. And then you start paddling, 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 paddling. And all of a sudden, you catch the wave. And when you, when you catch the wave, this is what happens. You feel your, your paddles don't make a difference anymore. You feel a force coming from underneath you and behind you that is greater than anything your arms could ever do. And you stop paddling and then you look up. You're not popping up yet, but you're looking up and you're noticing that you're going a little faster than you were before. And this is, this is a key turning point because then what you do is you, you look to your left, you look to your right, you realize I'm on top of the wave right now. I'm being pushed by this wave. I'm being 
carried by mother nature, uh, you know, in all of its euphoria and all of its, you know, all of mother nature's glory is carrying me towards shore. And you feel amazing. Like nothing else that you ever feel before. And you, you're just, you're one with the wave. You're one with the board. You're one with the ocean. You're one with the ocean. And it's, it's a perfect, clean-lined, clean wave. And then you pop up. And when you pop up, you can look at it from below. And you can, you can look to your left and your right. And you can see, you know, the wave starting to break and starting to, well, the wave's starting to break. And, you know, then you're up and you're looking around and you're, you know, you're riding the wave into shore. And you're thinking to yourself, like, this is awesome. Everything else that you ever thought about, everything else that, you know, might be going on in your life on land, it all goes away. You're disconnected completely because you don't got your phone out there. You don't got nothing. You got nobody out there unless you're with your friends, in which case you're having a great time, you know, but nobody else is out there. You're just looking around and you're, you're, you're feeling, you're feeling the, the raw force of nature. In a very calm way, you know, the benevolence, you're feeling the benevolence. And I'll get into the raw force, the power later, but then you're riding it. And then all of a sudden, you know, the wave stops and water's shallow and you step off your board and you look back at how far you've come. And you're like, wow, that was a journey. That was a journey. You know, that was a JK Rowling book of an experience right there a legendary experience there are some waves that you catch that you never forget like i can remember some of the waves that i caught years ago and the kind of impact that it made that they each made on me and how how they all played a significance you know in my life and in my surfing career and you know in a sense, surfing's played a huge part of my life. You know, it's one of the key things that makes me me. You know, it's, it, a lot of things have happened out there on the ocean that a, a lot of things have happened out on the ocean, you know, that would have never happened on land. And a lot of key, key moments, you know, in life and a lot of, a lot of amazing time out there. You know, quality time with yourself, with the ocean, with the earth, connecting, reconnecting, forming a bond, you know, it's important because we are in, in the end, we are all of this earth, you know, all of us, whether we like it or not, humans have this tendency to think that we're above everything. We're above it all. You know, we're top dog, right? We're top dog on the whole earth. Reality is. We're just another link in the chain, you know? We're another wave on the ocean. And we've made, we've made the tides come in. We've made, you know, we're a king tide when it comes down to it. Humans may be a king tide, but we're not everything. We're only a small part of the earth and of the ocean, and of everything on it. There's so much more, you know. 
so much more to earth than just humans. And we often try to, you know, put ourselves above it all saying, oh, I'm master of this land. You know, I'm the king. I'm a king on the mountain, right? Mm -mm. No, you ain't. I'm not. You're not. And when you when you're out there, the whole point of me telling you that is when you're out there on the ocean, you feel humbled. You feel humbled by Earth, and you feel put in your place. And it all feels right. It all feels natural. It all feels legit. You know. It all feels. It, it's a, It's it feels so real. You know, it's something that you're never going to get if you're just hiding in your house, you know, just doing that. Never going to happen. And now let me describe for you when you go out there and it's three to five and perfect. It's a completely different vibe, completely different vibe. When you're out there and you're scoping out the beach, you're doing a wave check, you know, and you look out. And you see three to five feet of wall. Just solid, solid wall just coming toward you. And then when it breaks, you know, and you see a barrel, that's a different feeling than a calm two-foot day. Three to five, you know, that's getting into some fun territory. I'm talking like we're out there and we're going to, you know, nuke this session. It's going to be awesome. You see a little barrel, you get stoked. You get really stoked. And you, and then like you're out there, you know, you push the board to the water and you get clobbered by like four waves on your way out. It's tough getting out. It's tough getting out. All right. Really tough getting out sometimes, depending on the chop. But I've been held down by a lot of waves in my time and you're always gonna just i mean you look up and there's another one that's towering over your head and it's just crashing down on you and you're trying to duck dive it and trying to like push your board into the wave and you know go under it or you know and then when you look up and you see that one like five foot wave and you're looking at it and it's just towering over you and you're like this little tiny head little tiny head in the on the surface of the water you know when you see this giant thing coming toward you you might feel a little overwhelmed but that's all right it's all good that's the way it's meant to be it humbles you that's what it does and when you finally get out there you know when you finally get out there you feel like you accomplished something you know and this is how I define the term stoke, right? Because stoke is a feeling that you get. It's the essence of satisfaction through challenging oneself. And when you're getting out there, like when you're getting out there, you know, you're paddling through these gnarly waves and there's chop going everywhere. There's sea foam spraying up on your face. And, you know, you go up the crest of one wave and down into the trough of a beast that's just towering over you. And you're like, dude, when am I ever going to get a break? You know, and your arms are sore and your neck's hurting and you're straining up trying to look at it, you know, your best option getting out there. That's just getting out there. But when you're out there, that's awesome. 
you feel, you know, you feel as though like you made it, you know, you made it. You're like, oh, dude, I'm out here. This is great. And you might sit for a few minutes and you might be like, you know what? I'm going to just take this in and I'm going to just chill. And when you take it in, you're looking out upon, you know, a wild blue yonder and you're just thinking to yourself like, all right, I'm out here. What's next? You know, what's next? What's now? And you start to notice things that you wouldn't notice otherwise. Yeah. Quick water break. You start to notice things that you wouldn't notice otherwise. Like you start to notice the birds and, you know, how they're, you know, rising and falling with each wave. And you start to notice schools of fish out on the ocean. You can see them. You can see the blob of darkness moving and, you know, the shape, you know, forming into different shapes and sizes and stretching out and condensing. And then you can see the birds going over to it and you can see the birds, you know, diving into it and you can see, you know, all the, all this is going on and you're riding up and down on these three to five foot swell. You're riding up and down. There's a little chop going on. It's choppy out. It's choppy. It's a little big, you know, you might feel a little intimidated. And that's okay. You know, all surfers feel that way when it's gnarly out, you know, and but when it's perfect, it's perfect, perfect, you know, and you might, you might even see some things that you never thought you'd see like sharks, dolphins, whales, sea turtles, jellyfish. I've seen it all out there, dude. Well, at least some of it, I have not seen it all. That's for sure. There's a lot left to come. You know, a lot more to see. And that's what keeps you going out there. You know, it's a unique experience. It's something that you're never going to get anywhere else on earth. And just not, you know, not skateboarding, not skiing. Being out on the ocean and being one with the ocean, being this little speck out there on this, you know, six to eight foot piece of styrofoam or fiberglass, you're going to feel a little bit small. And that's awesome. When you get out there and you humble yourself um, against the force of Mother Nature and you really, you know, if, and you really feel the force of the tide and you can feel the current, you can, you know, feel the, the water temperature versus the air temperature, feel the sun on your back, on your face, you know, see all that's around you, feel, be in the moment, disconnect. It's just you. It's just you out there. Just you, you and the waves and the wind and the tide and the sun beating down on you. So nice, so nice. And then you see your wave, you pick your wave. You're like, I choose you. You look out there and you see, you know, say a uh, you know, hundred yards out. You see this, you see this swell that's a little above, a little above all the other ones maybe it's that that nice four and a half five footer up against all the threes and you see that and you're like that's my wave that's my wave you know and so you get on your back and you start paddling and then you feel you feel the swell you feel the swell beneath you and behind you and you feel it pushing you forward but it doesn't quite push you forward it doesn't quite push you over the edge you know it doesn't quite push you down, you know, down the slope of the, of the wave. And, you know, 
you haven't quite ridden that one. And well, that's the one before the wave that you chose. And then the wave that you chose comes here. You feel it and you're like, that's the one, right? So you're paddling, you're paddling, you're paddling, you're paddling, you're paddling. And all of a sudden you catch it. And when you catch it and you slide down the surface of that wave, you know, right as it's breaking, right as it's breaking, which is the best time to catch a wave. Or if you're skilled, you can catch an unbroken wave. It's an art, you know, it's an art form. And you can hear the wave behind you. You hear it just roaring, you know, like just roaring behind you, pushing you forward, and you're moving. You are grooving at this point. You know, you can reach 25 miles an hour on a surfboard, even more, you know, if you're out in deep water. But you're cruising along, and then all of a sudden you're turning on the wave. You know, you're going sideways, and you're making progress, you know, parallel to shore, which is pretty cool, you know you're saying? And then you can go, you know, you go on top of the wave for a second, then you go back down to the beneath the wave, you know, in front of it, and it's still all the while pushing you forward. And, you know, you reach an unbroken part, and you ride that for a bit, and then you might turn the board around and go the other way. And then, you know, the amount of stoke that's deprived from that activity alone, it's just insane. It's stupid. It's like a life hack to instant happiness. It's incredible. You know, no matter what's going on, too. It's great. It's like a drug. It's addicting. I'm totally addicted. But anyway. Then, you know, then you're back at square one, you know, back on shore and you look back and you see how far you're coming. You're like, dude, that was so much fun. That was so sick. I want to do it again. And then you pat you, you fight the waves all the way back out. You paddle your hell out of your body all the way out again. You know, you get pinned down by a couple waves, but that's all right. And then you do the same thing over and over and over again. The feeling that you get is so unique and you know I don't, it's a, it's a spiritual experience no doubt you know you feel connected to not only the earth but a higher being you really do like no joke it's kind of if you if you stop and if you think about it you know that's really what's going on and it's pretty insane it's really gnarly you know and the word gnarly can mean a few different things. One, it could be like, well, like in the tents of like, whoa, dude, that was, that's a gnarly swell. As in, whoa, that's scary. You know, that's crazy. That's wild. That's insane. Gnarly, you know, or gnarly could be used in the tense of, whoa, dude, this is a gnarly day. This is insane. The positive. You know, the more like, well, this is insane. I can't believe this day. It's been so incredible. And the swell has been so fantastic. It's been perfect. Dude. It's been perfect. You know, it's been gnarly. Had a gnarly day. Ate a gnarly fish taco. Could be taken two ways. Really could. But, you know, either way, it's gnarly. You just got to know what tense of gnarly to use. There's the positive and the negative. And that's gnarly. Bring down a little surf terminology for y'all, you know, keep it fresh in your minds. 
anyway, probably the lastly, um, the, the only other, the only other swell that I really have, you know, sufficient experience with, um, I mean, most of the time it's three to five, it's cranking, it's gnarly, positive tense, and it's just firing out there. It's firing. You go out and you're like, dude, it's firing. Grab the short boards. We're ripping. And you go out there and you shred it up. You're doing tricks on these three to five footers and you were just laying it down and feeling, having a great time. And you're so stoked while doing it. That's the most stoked that you can probably deprive from surfing is in three to five and like just super, super fun waves, you know, break out the twin fin performance board, you know, have a little fun with that too. It's all great. And then lastly, there's one, there's, there's one more swell that I have sufficient experience. I'm not a big wave surfer. You know, I don't do the 30 to hundred foot waves. I don't do that yet, but I've always said that if I'm going to die, if I'm going to die, if I'm going to die young, then I'm going to die on like a 50 to hundred foot wave out in Hawaii at either pipeline, which is a place on North shore Oahu or this place called jaws with those waves are so gnarly. Like just even getting out is gnarly is is the most gnarly experience of your life just getting out at jaws is you know that's 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 brutal because you go down this this um cliff face and it's rocks i mean big rocks like boulders and you see out there you can see like some enormous swell coming in you know it's it's good 50 hundred foot waves and then when it crashes over, it, it just demolishes anything that's in its way. And the water is so churned up. And there's so much, you know, le- just, you know, leftover foam that you can just see. And the water is, it's super choppy, super choppy usually. And getting out of Jaws, like, dude, don't even try. You know, don't even try. But here's why people do it. Because when you get out there and you're pinned down by not three to five foot waves, but, you know, 20 to 70 foot waves, when you're pinned down by those and there's a reef below you too, along with the rock ledge. So really, what are you doing? You know, you're stupid to go out there, right? Stupid. People do it. Because, again, Stoke. The essence of satisfaction through challenging oneself. And you got to be a little bit of an adrenaline junkie to want to do this kind of thing. You know, especially the big waves. Big waves are big time. And also could be a big loss. It really could. But you're going out there. And again, I can only speculate. But once you catch one of those waves and you're riding down the slope face, the, like the front facing face of this insanely huge, gnarly, like super storm surgy looking crazy wave. And you're in it. You're, you're a part of it. You're experiencing the wave. Like I imagine it's a feeling that you will never have 
in any other place in surfing other than like Jaws, like Tiopu in like the Philippines or like Fiji. It's those, those are some gnarly waves too. But the wood like Jaws, dude, that's where people die, you know, big time. And uh, imagine riding a tsunami, and that's about right. But the waves I'm, I've experienced, you know, nine to ten feet, it's it's intimidating, but it's still doable and still crazy. Let's start. Let's see. Um, if you're enjoying these surfing stories, awesome. If you're not, you can you can not listen to them too. That's also an option. Free world, you can do whatever they want, you whatever you want. If you don't want to listen to me rant about surfing and about what it's like and the experience and about my experience, then you can go ahead and listen to whatever else you want to. I don't really care. But for those of y'all who are interested and who are sticking around, thank you for you know humoring me in a way um i'm having a great time you know i can talk to myself all day why not you know so let's think so it's it's an october day uh this past year and i drive down to the beach with maya and Vinny, my two surfing buddies excuse me i had like something gnarly for dinner i pizza gnarly pizza though like gnarly you know i think i said one time on this podcast that i had some really gnarly fish tacos one time like gnarly bad dude i was just about blowing up like the bathroom dude and i was like almost puking everywhere dude it was nuts but uh this pizza don't got nothing on that anyway october driving down the beach my and Vinny. We're stoking. Big storm. Hurricane swell. We're talking we're talking hurricane swell. All right. Now, hurricane passes South Carolina and it heads up the coast somewhere. Um, I forget which hurricane it was, but it was a hurricane. And so we're like, you know, we get to the beach and then we we scope it. And when we look out, we're like, we cannot believe what we're seeing because it's like it's literally. You know, what we think is like six to eight feet, right? And we grab our boards, we're stoking out of our minds. And when we get down there and we actually see like at sea level what we're looking at, these are some 10-foot swells. And the swell kept building throughout the day, so God knows how high it actually was. But we measured it at about 10 feet. And so... We, you know, we start to paddle out and we cannot get, you know, very far out because of just how nuts this, you know, the waves are. And it was really weird because you would be out on the ocean and you would face shore and it's like you're looking down at shore, not like you're looking straight at shore, but it's like you're looking down at shore because of how high the waves were. Like we're talking nine, 10 feet plus even. And so we're, it's like we're on a, it's it's weird it's 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 hard to describe but it's like the the um the land had sunk you know 10 feet and that's where we we're looking down at we're like dude this is kind of gnarly 
Like this is gnarly, gnarly, dude. Insane, right? And so we're out there and we're looking down at the earth, which is kind of crazy. Um, and we're thinking, like, dude, this is gonna be one of the heaviest sessions that we've had together for sure. And like, what's gonna top this? Which thus far it's not been this gnarly, but in any case, it's stormy out. We're talking high winds. We got a rip current and we got, you know, storm clouds all above us. And the sea is dark. I mean, dark, dark, super dark and super choppy. And the swells that are coming up, I mean, and it's raining too, which makes it even scarier. Like this is super scary ways we're talking about. Gnarly swell. And, you know, I look back at one point and I see this wave. It's just like at least two me's high. You know, I'm six feet. That's like, what, 12 or something? At least, you know, two me's high. And it is just, it, it's, it's, it's coming behind me. And it's, it's a coming fast. It's coming fast. It almost reminded me of like, you know, in those movies, how um, like, the monster like let's say it's like a giant eel or something right it goes um under the water and then when it comes up it the water kind of is still around it it looked kind of like that like but it, it's and it's still speeding towards you too which is even more crazy so it's speeding towards you and i look back and it's just come fast really fast and excuse me i i'm like well we gotta check this out which you know my mother would disapprove but whatever dude so i'm paddling 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 and all of a sudden i feel this wave and it's not like a normal wave this is something i haven't heard i haven't felt before you know and so i'm feeling this wave and it's just like it was almost like you're in a race car or it's like you're at a stoplight and then all of a sudden the car goes and like you kind of get jolted back and you see it a little bit. That's kind of how I felt. And I was like jolted back on my board. I'm like, whoa, dude, we're flying. All right. This is insane. And I mean, this, the speed of these waves too, was like, I mean, it was, it was probably two or three times the, the speed of, you know, a normal three, like three to five foot sesh on a regular day. And, uh, you know, we're rolling, we're going, I mean, I'm at this point being, you know, jolted towards shore and it's the wave starts to break and it breaks on top of me. And so I'm underwater and then the wave, you know, it's turning and I get washing machine all over everywhere and I lose my board. I don't know where my board is. And, you know, and then I pop up out of the water after being like, turned around a dozen times. And then there's another monster wave coming and I get pinned down by that one. I don't know where my board is. I don't know. God knows where I am at this point. And when I when that second wave comes down, I remember being, you know, brought up by this giant swell and seeing my board floating like 20 yards down the beach you know, almost at shore. And I'm like, dude, this is nuts. What am I doing out here? This is stupid. I'm stupid for this, which I was, you know, we were, dude. we were stupid for that. 
And I swim over to my boy and I get it. And I realize there's a hotel that was on the beach that was like really pretty, pretty, really far downstream from us. And I realize that I'm at the hotel at this point. So I'm thinking like, whoa, the current here is insane and it's fast and it's ripping us down, dude. It's ripping us. So kind of, kind of interesting how that works, right? And I look over, I get my board and I'm trying to paddle out. I'm getting pinned down by 10 foot waves and I see Vinny out there and he's like waving at me like, dude, what's happening, man? Like, it's insane. And he catches one and it's like, dude, how did you catch that? First of all, I'm healing rides for a couple seconds and that's the biggest ride that any of us got that day. But I mean, the amount of just raw power that you could feel you know, just being in the ocean and just being uh, being pushed around and, you know, washing machine by these waves was just insane. I don't know how to describe it, but the best way I can put it is, well, besides it being extremely humbling, just feeling the raw force of nature in that way was something I'd never really felt before. Yeah, I have been on dive boats when it's been, you know, every bit of 10 feet, you know, but you're in a boat, you're floating. I'm on the water on a little tiny raft, basically. And I'm looking out and all I can see is just, you know, peak after peak after peak of like, 10 foot swell and it's choppy and it's windy and there's rain coming down and there's storm clouds. And I'm starting to hear thunder and I'm being dragged down the beach and there's nobody else on the beach either. And I can look over at the shore and I can see the palm trees just swaying like this, you know, and when the palm trees be swaying like that, you know, they'd be really moving. And that's when, you know, it was windy and, you know, I'm looking and I'm seeing all this stuff and, I'm looking, you know, back and I'm seeing this just, it looks like deep, deep blue, almost, almost red, you know, like a, like a, like wine almost, but like a super deep purple wine, you know, that's what the ocean looked like. And it was just, it was just this. It almost looked like, you know, Davy Jones was fixing to come up out the ocean and like take my soul or some shit. That's that's what it looked like was going to happen pretty much. Or a giant whirlpool was going to like, you know, do all whatever that does, suck me down, you know, to the bottom. And that's what it felt like was going to happen. And I'm sitting out there on my 8-0 log in my board shorts, you know, thinking, I could die out here and it would be how I would want to die. But do I really want to die right now? I don't think so. No, I don't want to. Got too much to live for at this point. And my life is great. Life is great. But when, you know, and we, we kept on going, we didn't stop. We were out there. We tried to keep track of each other as best we could, but we were out there. And we were both like feeling this intensity, you know, it was, it was super intense. The waves were just knocking us all around. 
you know, and, and in one wave would come and it would like, it would pick you up and then it would like toss you over, you know, like a pancake and then it would turn you around and, you know, you pop up again and you, there'd be another one right there and you'd have to scramble to get over that one, you know, and slosh. It's, it's gnarly stuff, really gnarly stuff. And, you know, you're thinking that, you know, this is, this is where people die pretty much. This is how surfers die. And when it gets to that point, you kind of think to yourself, like, what, like, should I ride this out or should I go in? And for us, the answer was like, we got to We got to ride this out because this is something we're never going to forget. And so we're out there and I only caught a few waves, but this one in particular, I remember I was paddling, paddling, paddling. I caught the wave and I was on top of it. I was on top of this wave. And as it was breaking and then the force of it breaking, like launched my surfboard off of the wave, I'm still on the board. And this is a 10 foot wave. And it, it, it's so I'm a, all right, for those of y'all on YouTube, I'll give you a visual. So wave here, ocean here, ocean is the microphone. So, and I'm, you know, it picks me up and I'm riding up here, you know, and then all of a sudden I, you know, it's breaking and I'm get launched and I'm like, I, I, it's like a cliff. I'll drop down the cliff face of this wave um, with all the white water behind it. And I land on the ocean and then the force of the water behind as it kind of explodes, you know, as it does and explodes forward, I get just launched off my feet. I just get thrown forward. It's, it's gnarly. Like it's extremely intense, but it's awesome. It was so awesome. Cause that that's like, you feel a special connection to the earth after that you have a reverence you know for for nature that you didn't have before and yeah we pushed it but mother nature chose you know to be benevolent enough to us that day and that's what's important so those are the three types of waves that wave situations that i've experienced at least that you know i i would recommend well i wouldn't really recommend the last one you know per se because that's kind of a a gnarly gnarly kind of thing that you wouldn't really want to you would want to if you knew what you were doing and we we're skilled enough to the point where it's and we have you know a few people out there so it's like you know someone goes missing there's other people you know so it's not like where i'm out there alone doing that which would be kind of unsafe really unsafe i probably wouldn't have done it alone but didn't have to so that's fun let's see i've literally been talking about waves and surfing for like an hour this is awesome <laughs> I'm just, I'm so stoked right now. Like, um, I mean, dude, it, it's, it's insane. I think what I was fixing to say prior to me going on this rant was, oh yeah. So anyway, now that you know everything there is to know about surfing, um, it was a couple of days ago. I was out with Finney and Maya at the beach and 
first surfing on good bet. I mean, I I didn't know how down I was until I launched myself into the water on the board. I didn't know. I mean, because for the two months that I didn't go out, um, excuse me, Ugh. dude, gnarly pizza. I'm telling you, dude. Anyway, for the two months I didn't go out, I didn't realize, you know, how down I got in that time. Because all I was doing, I, I mean, when you when you take a surfer away from the ocean, they're not going to be happy, you know, and they're not really going to thrive the way they're meant to. That's true. That's true. And, you know, I was spending all my days on campus and I didn't, I, I was, I was struggling to find fulfillment and to find true stoke, you know, it was a struggle. Um, but when I launched my board into the water and I felt the, the wave on my face and, you know, the sun on my hair and, you know, I looked back at the shore and I could just be out there alone once again with the ocean and feel that. That made everything so much better. That just made my life, you know, made it awesome. And uh, everything kind of went away and it was back to, you know, awesomeness and stoke and surf. And I caught some of the most incredible waves I've caught in South Carolina that day. And those waves were nuking, dude. Like, we're talking three to five fun waves. Really great. It was 80 degrees in December and sunny and beautiful out. Beautiful. And we're all on the beach and we're all surfing. And, uh, you know, I catch some great waves. And we're I'm feeling like my stoke tanks were recharged for sure. We were there for probably two hours. I was plumb wore out by the end of it because I was out of shape. You know, my legs, like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big leg guy. I got to admit, I'm a big leg guy. I do a lot of legs. You know, I do a lot of walking, sometimes 15 miles a day, you know, and I, I should show y'all, but like my shoes are, they got holes in them. They're falling apart, the insides of them. The soles have like worn through in certain parts to where, and it's just crumbling inside and outside. Like I stepped in a pile the other day and my feet got wet and it was not fun, but you know, I, I was that day surfing was, that was one of the best. That was a, that was a healing, a healing moment. Um, and it was a really fun, relaxing moment too. Cause it's like semester's over and the semester surf sesh, you know, what more could you ask for, you know, the, the perfect day, the perfect day. And yeah, that's, uh, that's my surfing monologue, but I wanted to get on it. <laughs> I really just talked for surfing for like an hour. That's kind of insane. Um, anyway, let's see. Then I drove up to my folks place um smooth drive i have a beef though my one beef my one beef about that entire road trip it, it's super chill except for the fact that i have to go through Rangeboro. the scene of the crime the scene of the crime we all know you know car got smashed there last time i was in that location and 
but my mind wasn't on that. I was thinking more about, you know, the traffic situation because there's no way for me to go around Greensboro unless it would add like an hour to my trip, which would not be ideal. And what we're working with here is the fact that you got to go through this the city and eight highways are converging into one. And then everybody's scrambling around trying to find their exit. Okay. They're trying to find, you know, they got like eight different exits, you know, and eight different highways converging into one people shuffling lanes and everything. And it's all I can do to just stay in mind and wonder where my exit is. And Oh crap. I need to get over. Like, how am I going to do this? It's like people behind me and it's not happening. It's super stressful driving, super stressful through the city for about 20 miles. You are on this road and you're like, literally, you think you're going to die. It's not fun. Greensboro is not fun. I'm not a fan. Not a fan at all. There's like one good barbecue place there, but it's just a mess of a city. It's like a, like, um, it is just entangled, dude. I mean, it's gnarly in there. Gnarly bad, dude. It's, it's, it's just, it's gnarly to even go through and it's gnarly to, you know, have to drive through it you know each time and i gotta find a way around it because i don't like the rest of the drive is completely chill it's like nobody on the roads back roads you know highways that are just wide open and those are great those are awesome i'm talking like route 73 all the way through north carolina um and then route 29 just take me all the way home but you know it's not the rest of the drive is such a breeze that maybe that's just a small price I have to pay um, to, to have that. Instead of, you know, I could go on 95 and just be stuck with tractor trailers going 80 miles an hour right next to me, which is worse, arguably, for sure, than just clear roads and nobody really on the roads, which is the most ideal situation. So, you know, take the good with the bad, I guess. You can't have it all, um, which is fine. But... Yeah, so it's kind of it for me. It for the life story, the story of the surfing, the story of the Stoke, you know, the Genesis, dude. Like, I mean, y'all don't know until you try. So I would, I think that, you know, if, if more people, I genuinely think that if more people surfed, the world would be a better place because it, it does something to you. It really does. And it, it makes you, it makes you feel a certain way that, you know, nothing else does. It's unique. It's awesome. You should do it. So um, let's see. Moving to our media this week. I mean, I don't think I'll go on here because you know, I, there's, there's a lot of them, but you know, only only so few spots, right? It's kind of incredible. Um, let's see. Uh, while I'm doing this, it's your daily reminder to drink sweet tea because sweet tea makes the world go round. Second best thing to surfing right there is sweet tea. Um, you know, it's huge. All right. Yeah, I, this is going to be redundant, but my media of the week is going to have to be this um, the actor Don Johnson. He is a legend who plays Sonny Crockett in Miami Vice. And as you all know, I'm a huge Miami Vice guy. One of the best shows out there. 
He, I found recently, um, so he's been in a bunch of movies. He's a really solid actor. Um, came from uh, you know your, your average rags to riches story, which is pretty incredible. Um, and just, you know, the way he carries himself, who he is, what he does, you know, he directed some of his own scenes in Miami Vice, some of his own like episodes, he directed them, which is pretty huge. Um, and I think that's, I think that's really, really awesome. And I just think he's a, a really gnarly dude. Um, great guy, intense. Like you look into his eyes and it's like, it's pretty intense. So, um, you know, he steals our hearts. He's a legend. Don Johnson, giving it up to you. But uh, that's what we're rolling with. So quote of the week, what can I, what can I, what can I think up? Um, let's see. Well, I'm thinking hydration. Oh, a good one. It comes from uh, Talladega Nights. It's uh, when Reese Bobby, Ricky Bobby's dad, shows up to his um, Ricky Bobby's elementary school when he's a kid. And uh, he utters the, the phrase that sticks with, you know, Ricky Bobby through the rest of his racing career. You know, if you're not first, you're last. So that's my quote of the week. If you're not first, you're last. So, you know. Seems like a lot of bad drivers have that have that stuck in their mind when they're cruising down the highway. I dude, I, I yesterday, no, well, not yesterday, the other day when I was driving up here, dude, there were some bad drivers. Like there were some. Uh, this is actually something I want to talk about. There are some really bad drivers on the highway. Like watch out. And I realized when I got to Virginia, how good the drivers are compared to like everywhere else. And it's kind of astonishing how much more careful and responsible drivers down here are than, you know, say the crazy people I see from, you know, New Jersey and Pennsylvania who are just whipping it down the highway and are just, you know, switching lanes and, you know, swerving in the middle of the lane, being distracted like this one guy. I swear to God, he literally followed me the entire way from South Carolina all the way to Virginia, all through North Carolina. And this guy was swerving all over the road. I could not shake him off my tail. It was ridiculous. He was in front of me. He was behind me. He couldn't keep a constant speed. I was having trouble with him. He almost made me run off the road one time. Like it was ridiculous. I almost ran off the goddamn road because he wouldn't, you know, he, he wouldn't let me over. And um, he spooked me too much. I did not enjoy his company on the road. And he had his Pennsylvania place. So, you know, I'll just go ahead and assume everybody from Pennsylvania is a bad driver at this point. But he set the tone. So prove me wrong. Um, but, yeah, he, he's my he's if I could choose a thorn for for, you know, this episode, that would be it. That guy, dude, I, people on the highway, man, they need to chill out. I don't know what it is, too, but some people get really. I don't understand either bad driving or aggressive driving or just stupid driving. I, I can kind of understand stupid driving, like get distracted by like looking at some trees or like some buildings or something. And all of a sudden, Oh, there's a stoplight. I understand that. Okay. I'm one of those guys. Unfortunately, I'm trying to get better at it. 
I'm not, I'm trying not to look at the birds all the time, but I will say that, you know, there's a lot of really bad drivers who are just aggressive. You know, I don't know what it is, but I think that driving really brings out either the best or the worst. And it brings out your true colors. I feel is what it does. And so if you like yourself as a driver, then you pretty much, if you're a good driver, then chances are you're in life your overall demeanor is like nice and calm and more collected and if you're a if you're an aggressive driver and you cannot help but just swerve through traffic and just honk at people and just you know be a be a mad lad while cruising down the highway i mean they like to be honest you're a mess kind of a mess you know, might might wanna might wanna fix some other things in your life before you let it all out behind the wheels. All I'm saying, you know. I don't know what. Anyway, that's my two piece on uh, driving in the highway and you know personality, I guess, and how that shows behind the wheel. So, um, spot my my dude of this week. Let's see. My my dude of the week would have to be people at the body shop for finally getting my damn car done. Like, well, two months is too long. But you did a good job, so I can't complain there. Paint looks great. Here's the thing. You know what? Actually, I'm going to change my dude of the week. My dude of the week is my car. You know, because she gets me where I need to be. She's reliable, dependable, never lets me down. Um, And... Like I drove my car for like five hours today doing like Uber Eats. Perfect. Six hours yesterday, seven, really seven and a half yesterday. Not a thing wrong. So is she running good? But besides that, I mean, just having the convenience of that back and the peace of mind knowing that it's done and it was done right and everything feels good on it. Like that's incredible. Just to have that behind me, you know, because for the past two months, that's been the only thing I've been thinking about pretty much. And to have that done and to be done with the first semester of college, don't got to worry about, you know, due dates, nothing. Don't got to study for nothing. Just got to chill. Just got to chill. Just got to chill. I find myself to be a workaholic sometimes, and it's a little bit of an issue, but it's a work in progress. Um Finding, you know, the balance between work and life, because I do tend to do a lot more work than I do, you know, chilling, which is just how what how I'm wired to be in the end. Like, I would much rather be productive, it seems, than, you know, sacrifice that for a good time. Although you got I, I got to you got to keep in mind um you know, your overall situation, you're like, all right, look, can I, is there anything I can do for this? If not, I just got to let it sit. You know, I got to go do something else. Got to go take a walk. Got to go eat something. Got to go, you know, do something else. Take my mind off of this. I got to start something different. I got to switch gears, you know, because you, you got, it's a balance. Life is a balance. Everything is a balance. And that's what life is all about. And if you can, if you can do that successfully, then you're in a great place. So, you know, I'm the first to admit my flaws. And one of them is I don't know when to stop studying. I don't know when to stop working. Bit of a workaholic, you know, addicted when I'm when I'm out there grinding, dude, addicted to, you know, the grind. 
And when I'm out there studying away, it's like, what more can I do? You know, and I got to keep on going. I'm learning my limits with that stuff, not pushing it too hard. Last couple months, I've been pushing it too hard and it shows. But, you know, we're chilling now, so we're doing fine. You know, got to it's very important to be mindful, reassess um, constantly your approach to everything, you know, because when you do something the first time, you're often not going to do it perfectly or you're not going to do it the right way. You know, you've got to admit that. And that's you've got to just look introspectively at a lot of these things. And that'll you know, if you can do that that's a great way to solve a lot of your problems is if you can look introspectively and be like, all right, is this good? Is this bad? What's working? What's not? How can I fix it? How can I do different, better? How can I, what can I do differently? Um, How can I improve my quality of life? How can I keep my quality of life? You know, all that kind of stuff. You got to ask the hard questions. You know, you got to ask them because if you don't ask the questions that are needed to be asked, then you often won't find the answers that you need. And sometimes the questions are hard. You know, they're like, is this person good for me? You know, sometimes it's like that. Um, Like they're in a relationship and you're like, yeah, I really, you know, like this person, blah, blah, blah. But X, Y, Z. And you got to be like, you got to, you know, take off the bonders and like, what about X, Y, Z? How is that affecting me? Bars. (laughs) Anyway. Um, you, you just got to look at that kind of stuff and be like, you know, you know, you just got to look at it and you got to assess and reassess until everything works out and you got to get, you know, make sure that your life is together and you got to keep on persisting on the things that are important and everything's going to turn out fine. So keep grinding. And, uh, in the words of Matthew McConaughey, just keep living. But, um, Anyway, yeah, thank y'all for listening um, to the Musings of Men Pac. Actually, my moment of the week. Boy, what am I doing, right? Only a year of this. Uh, my moment of the week um, would be coming home. Actually, no, it would be surfing. My end of semester surf sesh. That was a legendary day. That's a day that will stick out to me for a long time. It was a really, really special day for me. Um, great waves, great times, you know symbolizing the end of the first semester really great stuff so anyway thank you all for listening to the musings of men podcast um catch us on instagram at the musings of men and uh, give us a follow there you know um my name is Eric adams and hopefully my amigos will join me next week they probably won't in which case i'll rant about something else and if you enjoy it let me know leave us a review dude leave me a review I know you can do that on podcasts and it makes a lot of difference. So if you can do that big old points to you, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a like, or, you know, however I can interact with it. But, um, I was looking at the statistics and there's about a thousand people who regularly listen to this podcast. So it ain't no joke no more, which is kind of cool. But, uh, anyway, yeah. Thank y'all for listening and I'll holler at you next week. Later.